Hello everyone. Okay, hello. Hope everyone's comfy. Okay, we are live right now. Okay, so um, just a bit. My name is Azura and I'm actually one of the founders uh, of Local Feed and I'm super excited to introduce to you this amazing panelist um, that has agreed to kind of like sit down with us on a Saturday afternoon to share their stories and their experiences. Okay, um, and a few house rules. Oh, this will be recorded. Uh, and at the end, please drop your questions. And then if we have time towards the end, we'll answer. I mean, the ladies will answer them if we have time at the end. So, yeah, let's get to it. We're going to kind of like start the ball rolling. I'm going to... Who wants who wants to introduce themselves first? Okay, I will go with Sabrina, okay? Because she's on <laughs> Okay, hi, Sabrina. <laughs> hi, hi, Zura. Hi, hi everyone. Hi, I'm Sabrina. I'm the COO and co-founder of Amazing Grace. So Amazing Grace is a health brand snack company that we started uh, six years ago. Uh, it's founded by three uh, three women, right? Uh, and I handle a lot of the operations of uh, Amazing Grace at the moment. So in regards of making the product, supply, uh, like, you know, finding procurement, you know, um, manufacturing, logistic, fulfillment, right? All that right now is under, uh, is on my plate. So I'm very excited to be here today to share my experience with you guys. Thank you, Sabrina. Okay, how about um, Ash or Fahima? Which one of you want to go on first? Fahima, okay, Fahima. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, hi, I'm Fahima. Uh, I uh, am a fashion model and uh, I'm recently known for my feature in uh, Vogue Singapore. But I have been fashion modeling for many years now and I also have a day job as a speech therapist. Okay. Hi, Fahima. I'm excited to have you on board. Ash, good friend. Hi, guys. My name is Ash Hashim. I'm the founder of Footballita, the female football voice. I'm a FIFA players agent as well as I just started my first uh, all-female esports team. So it's called Lugiami. And today I'm super, super excited and honoured to be with all you amazing ladies here on this panel. So thank you for inviting me. <laughs> okay, <ladies. laughs> Thank you so much for, yeah, I mean, I mentioned this I um, before at the backstage that we are really kind of excited to kind of like ask you some uh, some experiences for you all to kind of share with everyone. Okay, um, to get started, I'm just going to share the panel agenda, which is, you know, um, I think every one of us um, are very um, different in, in so many ways, right? So we're going to touch a bit on, you know, taking the and the unconventional route, you know, not, not societal norms, you know, it's the different kind of routes that we take on um, and also a bit about diversity and representation um, towards the end, okay? So I'm going to start with asking this very, this question, okay? What is your why? As in, you know, um, why did you kind of like get into this field of work that you're doing right now? Um, what is it passion or is it more than passion that has driven you to, you know, to do it every single day? Um, I'm going to start with um, uh, Ash, perhaps. Then after that, we'll go one round. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Azura, for that question. Um, it's quite a heavy, loaded question, I have to say. Um, for me, the why uh, on my side was because when growing up, I really, really loved football. Uh, football was like my escape. Uh, I was a kid and I used to watch football with my parents, especially my dad. I don't have any siblings. I'm the only child. So football was like my entertainment. I watched all the Champions League games. Uh, every night, every World Cup, and I had my favourite player. Obviously, as, as girls, we do have our favourite player as well. So, uh, But for me, the, the sport really changed my life. So uh, because it changed my life, I kind of visualised uh, that one day I want to become a TV journalist, a broadcast journalist in football. 
so I started working towards that um, and then I got my start um, in newspaper journalism and then from then on I sort of like grew my brand and I created Footballita so the why was really because I really love football but sort of I really felt that um, football has the power to sort of um, bring communities and people together regardless of skin color regardless of religion um, regardless of race as well like I think the power of sport and football is my why and that's why I'm in it because I also want to sort of uh, I guess build on that but also uh, recognize like the power of it basically that's my why <laughs> <laughs> okay um, Fahima or Sabrina I'll go next okay I wish I had um, I wish I had a, a really really good why uh, like Ash um, <laughs> For me, I started uh, quite uh, accidentally. Um, I, I started when I was about 18. Uh, at that time, I wasn't wearing a headscarf yet. But I started uh, for my cousin and her friends who were part of the design school and they needed models. Um, and I was comfortable modeling for them because even though I wasn't wearing a headscarf then, I did have a dress code or like a conduct. I mean, like, a, like I was only comfortable wearing like certain types of clothing, even back then and from there I started to uh, pursue modeling a little bit more and then when I started to wear the headscarf um, I took it on full-time because I felt that with the headscarf um, on people would know where are my um, boundaries so um, and then I just went on from there and yeah <laughs> that, that, that's how I really started uh, to take the unconventional route Yeah. So for me, it's why not, <laughs> right? Uh, so, I mean, I came from a background, like, you know, from a very traditional uh, Asian family, you know, thinking like my parents was like, you grew up, you need to be like at least a doctor, a lawyer and things like that. But from the very early on, I knew that I wanted to do something on my own, right? So, and I'm very grateful that I had the chance to do it. So right coming out of um, university, I had the chance to, work at many, many different startups, right? And during these startups, I realized and I found my passion and what I really enjoy doing. And when the opportunity of Amazing Grace came by, that was when it hit me. I go like, why not? Let's do it. Let's just go, right? And until today, I have no regrets on my in my decisions, right? And I'm just here to build the company and to build the, the team around me that I can inspire the next generation to do the same thing. Okay, that's awesome. I mean, I can resonate uh, with all three of you combined because I feel a, a, a little bit about um, about what I do and actually, so when I can relate to you, Ash, because when I was younger, I think in second school, right, um, um, there was this rugby team. I, I, I represent the national rugby team for the women's side. So back then, uh, there wasn't any women's rugby team and it was like, um, it's total bias. They say that you can't, you can't take on rugby because it's not a, a girl's sport, right? So then I, first rugby to me was so amazing. So when I, I die, die, must try. So then when after I kind of like graduated from secondary school, I went out there to kind of like explore um, the possibilities of actually joining like a women's rugby team. And then I found one and then the rest is history. I mean, I love football, but I also love rugby because I think there's, I, yeah, I just love rugby. So, and why not, right? Um, so, but 
but you know, moving into like these different kind of like uh, positions that you're in right now, right? There are surely difficulties or you know roadblocks along the path, uh, the pathway, right? So if you could share with us a bit, you know, like even though knowing how rough it will be, you know, whether there will be like roadblocks and all that, how do you actually, you know, take that step, um, take that step forward to kind of like just you know give it a go? Like what was yeah? So okay, I'll, we'll start with that. Is the question for yeah, anyone? Everyone, yes, everyone. <laughs> yes, someone can go on first. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, let's take Fahima. Okay, Fahima first. Can you repeat the question actually? Okay, so, I guess, okay, so like, okay, so taking that step forward, okay, put it simply is you know like every every road that we take you know there are different um challenges along the way right so how do you kind of like take that first step and then you know get through the roadblocks and all that so what made you actually take that first step and especially getting through that roadblocks i'm sure all of us here have experienced uh, have experienced some things that you know hindered us to kind of like move forward and that phase whether we should give up or what am i doing here you know that kind of like feeling yeah understand Okay, so uh, what made me take the first step forward? You know, really, I, I just wanted to... to get, it sounds really... Um, I guess it sounds really superficial, but, you know, the first step that I took, I really just wanted ha to have nice pictures of myself. Yeah. Um, I really just wanted to, you know, be in front of the camera. And um, it was something that I've always thought that I would be like a pop star or a singer or, or you know, something, something on, on the pages of the magazine or uh, a TV screen. But, you know, that alone, like the idea of fame or the idea of, um, you know, um, fame and popularity, that, that's not going to take you um, anywhere. So why do I continue to do it? It's because I feel that, you know, growing up, I've never seen anyone who looks like me in the pages of a magazine uh, in on TV, you always see, uh, you know, what were the then standards of beauty. And I feel that, it, like, my presence here is kind of like an act of rebellion that, you know, <laughs> even if you think that um, a headscarf does not belong in fashion, like, well, here I am, you know, like, um, to prove you that, to prove to you that actually fashion, uh, like, the headscarf does belong in fashion, or to prove to you that someone like me could also... Uh, belong in the pages of a magazine or in in a in a video or or you know like anywhere you know um, so yeah that's why I that's why I continue to do it because you know growing up I I never saw anyone who looked just like me uh, in in these spaces and yeah I wanted to be present in these spaces. Thank you, Fahima. I, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, I kind of agree with the rebellion part. Um, a lot of what I do is actually also similar to what Fahima said. It's very much rebellion. Um, when I was a journalist in the newspaper, my first ever job, I was the only girl in the entire newsroom of sports, uh, male reporters. So the entire sp male uh, the sports desk was like 20 guys or something. And I was the only girl, some 18-year-old girl intern, unsure, very unconfident. 
but I knew at the back of my mind that I could beat them at their game and that's what I actually wanted to do. So I ended up being that crazy girl that got all the exclusive interviews and I went, I went to force myself to, send, to learn Spanish so that I could call all these clubs and say, hey, I want an interview with whoever, like Ronaldo, Jose Moreno, some of the top names in football. It was just like that need to prove uh, to myself. I have this thing about me as well. I think most of my friends, they know as well that I set very high standards and goals for myself and I always want to make sure that I can meet those goals and if I don't I get I know it's really bad I really like blame myself and get very hard on myself so it's just like that self-motivation from being told as well that hey you know this is your place you are just an intern like you know at 18 year old just do like just cover local sports don't need to do anything else being told that and I was like you know what I'm not going to swear but you know like uh, I don't think this is what I want to do. Uh, I think I'm better than that and I and I can be even better than all of you guys uh, on this sports desk. So yeah, I think it's just wanting to prove people wrong because I think if, right now, of course, feminism is a huge thing, right? People are all about, okay, we, we're supporting women, women in sports, women in, in modeling or fashion. But I think even a decade ago, that was not something very apparent. It's not something as accessible as well. So um, I think as well, I would like to echo what Fahima said. I was very like rebellious. And I think without that rebellion and without that wanting to prove people wrong, also proving myself and my mental like uh, sort of uh, block to sort of, you know, like uh, overcome those mental blocks, um, then that was what kind of like pushed me forward. Because uh, if not, it, it would have been very difficult. I, I like to kind of like uh, prove people wrong. That's, I guess that's my thing. It's a very sports yeah. thing. Most athletes have this as well. Even the players that I manage, proving their critics wrong, proving their coach wrong, proving the media wrong. So yeah, these are sort of, I would say, my people, the, the rebels. <laughs> yeah. I agree to that. <laughs> All right. So what made me take the first step is... So I always knew I wanted to do something on my own from the very get-go ever since I was young, right? So I, I had that vision that in mind already from the very get-go. So I think and when the opportunity arise, I told myself, let's just take one step at a time. I know that uh, I, I didn't have the experience, right? I didn't have experience how to run a business. I didn't have the experience how to even do or, or, mass, bake, or mass making some products, right? But... I told myself, let's just take one step at a time because I really believe that there's nothing in the world that we can't solve, right? It's just trying to figure out what works for you uh, and, and taking that mini steps. It doesn't need to be a big leap, just taking a mini steps, one thing at a time. Ultimately, I tell myself, just keep looking forward. We'll get there. No matter how hard it is, we'll just get there. So that was what, what my push is. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to kind of like ask um, a few directed questions, okay, for um, I'm going to um, ask Ash first, okay, so you mentioned earlier on like it's a, um, it's a male dominated because when you went to the, um, you, you mentioned you were in the newsroom, right, um, you mentioned it's male dominated, so what are the challenges being first that, right, and then next you moved on to being a female agent, right, I'm sure I, I this is, you mentioned it earlier perhaps, but a, a bit more um, how do I say this? Focus in that sense. Let's say if someone wants to be a female agent, right? I mean, what are the things that you probably will share with her or them? You know, what, you know, because, yeah, go for it. So you were mentioning the challenges, right? Azura, about being um, in a male dominated environment. I think all of us in this uh, conversation and in this room, I would say, would have something to say um, about like being in a male dominated um, environment. Um, so, football, of course, being a sports sort of a sphere we do 
uh, get a lot of sexism, a lot of gender discrimination, a lot more last time than now. Now, of course, everyone, like I said, is very, <laughs> oh, I support women because it's so cool not to support women. Um, but I would say that on a larger scale, even on the European football, I would say this is some of the uh, partners that I work with in Europe. Still very much the leadership positions are still uh, mostly men. And I would want to add as well, they are white men. So it is a completely different uh, rhetoric right there as well. Uh, the leadership positions are still being dominated by men. But women are slowly sort of coming into the space. But back to your question, the challenges that I face, like I said, gender discrimination and being sort of like taken at face value. So people look at you and go, oh, she's a sports presenter or, oh, you know, are you sure she's an agent? This is the question that I got when I actually did my FIFA license. So part of being the license, uh, it's a story that I tell everybody and they always laugh when I say this, but when I did my FIFA like agent license, you have to take like a law exam, right? So I went to the football association here. I did the exam. When I walked into the room, somebody told me, somebody that I, there is still someone I know in football told me, Ash, are you in the wrong room? What are you doing here, right? You go for an exam and someone asks you that. Like, he just, obviously, this kind of thing was meant to, I guess, like, psychologically, like, I don't know, like, uh, make me intimidated. But, of course, I didn't care because I ended up passing the exam in the end. And these are little tricks that, that I used to get when I was a young girl. You know, when you're a younger girl, you know, you're sort of uh, trying to make an impression in the industry. So, you're not sure, like, you know, what to do. So, a little bit insecure. And I didn't really have a mentor as well. So, that was a huge challenge. I, I was sort of looking for mentors I could get. Uh, try to find try to find them on LinkedIn as well, like this European mentors, because still women in football in Asia is still very small. So yeah, being undermined and sort of, you know, the stuff they will say stuff to you in front of your face, but behind your back, I hear stuff about me that when I was younger, when I first got my license, that wasn't very nice. Like, oh, I don't, they don't. Okay, so basically not being taken seriously, right? They're like, ah, oh, you know, and that, I think maybe Fahima will will will, will be able to sort of uh, understand this, but being just like judged you know, based on face value, uh, based on without even knowing you. This is what I get as well, a lot of judgment. So yeah, I mean, I face it a lot um, because football is still, to be honest, quite a superficial industry to some extent uh, because it's very much how good are you on the pitch, you know. It's just that. So people look at you, your social media profile. That's who you are, how many followers you have. And that's also what we do when we are transferring players. But I would advise as well uh, to what you asked, Azura, girls who want to become FIFA play agent is that like I said, it's a very, um, right now it's a lot more progressive. So the support will be, it's a lot more better than 10 years ago, but make sure that you're in it for the right reasons. Like your why has to be strong. You have to want to actually try and help football or try and help women in football, which is what a, sort of like my goal right now. I'm sort of pivoting. Uh, it was always helping everyone in football, youth in football, women in football. I really want to try and go back to why I even started Footballita, which is the female football voice. I'm wearing this shirt now. The female football voice. So helping women, especially girls, even in underprivileged um, countries like Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, all these places like with all these uh, girl associations or female associations that really want to use football as a tool to help them. And that's really wanna, where, where I want to go back. So your why has to be strong. You, you have to want to help players go from one club to another you have to want to make these connections these things it has to be within you because you don't if you don't enjoy it and if you're not strong enough to deal with the outside judgment and um, uh, all the sexism messages in the middle of the night sorry this is tea i'm spilling like all this <laughs> all this weird stuff that you're getting from uh, people who are not professional then yeah you gotta find a way to like mentally get yourself stronger because yeah, this is this is the reality of working in a I would say 90 98% still male dominated environment. I hope no one is watching this, but okay, like no one there. <laughs> None of my clients, but it is what it is. They do know my issues as well, the problems that I face. So yeah. There, there we are. I hope I answered your question. 
Yes, you did for sure. Okay. Um, okay. Because now I'm curious. Okay, so I'm gonna ask Fahima and um and okay. So when we talk about um like modeling and fashion, right? People would think like less is more and how your look matters, right? And as a hijab wearing model, like what is it like being in the industry? Where on the surface, it seems that I mean, it's not. It seems like okay. It seems that you don't fit in because you mentioned earlier on that, that there is no rep uh, representation sorry twisted, representation right when you grow up that there, there is no representation of of like you know women wearing hijab and stuff like that right so what are your thoughts on that so um your question is what are the my thoughts on some of the challenges that you like you know whether i fit in in mm. this modeling industry i mean mm. by and large like you like the idea of a hijabi fashion model in itself is already quite an oxymoron. Um, the idea of uh, wearing a headscarf and still wanting to be on display is kind of like um, at odds with each other. Um, mm. And of course, like I, I do face challenges um, even like, you know, like from starting out, you know, no one actually wants to use a headscarf wearing model. The thing is, you can put on a headscarf on anyone. So you can take a, you know, just a, a girl who does not wear a headscarf, a white model, and you put on a headscarf on her and she becomes a hijabi model. But with me, like, you cannot even, like, take off my headscarf. Then you will find that I'm less versatile as a model because um, that's, you know, like, that that's my conditions, right? Um, at the same time, like, I also feel that some of the challenges of, me being a hijabi model is also uh, some of the strengths. So if there are some, there, there's a company that wants to portray that they are diverse and they do take on a, a real hijabi model, then it shows them to be like a little bit more forward and progressive. And the thing about um, being in the models fashion industry is that sometimes even brands who are targeting women in the models fashion industry, they don't want a hijab wearing model. I've um, I've been on a on a at an event where it was actually showcased or like publicized to be a modest fashion event. And and even though the clothes were modest, like I wasn't selected for a lot of the walkways. I mean uh, sorry, not the walkways, see lah. <laughs> some of the runways. Because they wanted the girls uh, who, you know, who flaunted their hair. And um and I think that that was like my first uh, foray into the industry and I was just like, what is this? Like, you know, like it's supposed to be a modest fashion event and then I'm not selected because I wear a headscarf. I mean, they never said it that way, but that's how it felt. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, other challenges is that, you know, uh, sometimes you you end up being like the, the token, uh, token diversity card, right? Like, you know, you just want to reach out to a certain demographic and then, you 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 put on uh, you you take a girl who uh, wears a headscarf to kind of like fit into that demographic that you're trying to um, target. Mm -hmm. So um, the the challenges are, are you know um, fairly mm -hmm. broad, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I feel that the challenges um, kind of take you to where you are right now. Um, if I didn't I, I actually think that if I wasn't a hijabi model, I wouldn't know how well I would do in a, just a generic uh, fashion industry because I would 
like I said earlier, like even from a young age, like I, I wouldn't wear certain types of clothes. So like then that that wouldn't really take you far as a model as well. So yeah, it, it's really um yeah, yeah, you, you you face challenges like whether you are a hijab wearing model or you're just a, a normal fashion model. Um yeah. It comes with its sets. Uh, it comes with its set of challenges, right? Like every every route that we take on in, in that in that yeah, sense. Yeah, precisely. Okay. Um, for Sabrina, okay. Um, uh, what are some misconceptions that people have about starting a business? Um, you know, like like Amazing Grace, and you know, starting a business is actually quite a big um a big big thing to to start, right? Um, so there are a lot of things like uh, whether you know, can I should I start this because will it will it make it big? Especially when there's this thing about the tech industry making millions and all that stuff, right? So, what are the misconceptions of starting a business? Okay, is this the why? Is does the why like what Ash mentioned, right? Need to be strong enough, or is it? Are you doing it for the sake of like you know the the money and stuff like that? So, what what are the misconceptions of starting a business? Um, I think there are a lot, right? Um, starting a business, whether whether it's tech or non-tech, I think it people are really unaware about like the challenges that we all face. Like people think like, especially in the tech tech company, like uh, um, it's going to be very glamorous, you know, it's, it's, you know, all fun and, you know, like how you see in like the TVs and things like that. Right. But I think that is not what the real, that's not the reality of it. Right. There's a lot of things going behind that, you know, people don't face. Right. And then on all this misconception is also like, um, what, what, do I, sorry, it's just that even though we're, there are a lot of people saying that it's very hard, you know, um, it's not easy to start a business, but I think the real, the real test is when people are actually feeling it, right, and um, that's where people realize that, you know what, I'm not cut out for it, right, uh, they, they don't have, like, the grit to carry on forward, right, so I think that is, that is something that people are, that's a misconception line in general, I would say. Okay, this is this is for the floor. Okay, um, uh, because I'm listening to all of you, and I realize that I feel I I feel that the support system is very important. I mean, how do you think, or did did you ever kind of like um get like backlash and stuff like that for the things that you do, or the things that you are doing, not the normal things that you're doing? How important is the support system? Uh, this is for the floor, and anyone can take it. Yeah. I've never had any uh, real major backlash. I, I've always kind of like anticipated it because of, you know, the irony of a hijab model. But um, thankfully, I haven't faced any like major backlash. I've always thought that, you know, like some, some really, you know, people will comment on like, oh, you know, I can see her neck, like, you know, her the front of her hair is showing a little bit or, you know. Like um, you cannot wear earrings with like hip stuff. Like you know. um, I always thought that I will receive backlash like that. But I think it's because I'm not big enough. I think if you're the bigger you get, the more people will comment, and then the more backlash you're gonna get. Um, having said that, I do have a good support system. Like um, my parents know that I, uh, am doing modeling, and I think um, when I was a kid, like you know, um. My, it would not be something that my parents would approve of. Uh, but now I, I know they're secretly like proud. Uh, 
and you know my friends you know they are always cheering me on or you know telling me to dream big and you know take it uh, and telling me to take it further or like uh telling me to have like uh, a mentality of um abundance like even if i missed one show maybe i'll get something else that's even bigger or better than whatever i missed out on so yeah I mean, absolutely. I think the support system, um, Azura, is very, very important. Uh, like I said, I was, I'm the only child, so my parents were just there all the time in my face uh, as I was growing up. And I and I actually have a very good relationship with them, so I don't have anything against them. And I think um, they were very like pivotal, important, especially my mom. She's very progressive, I would say. And my dad is also not conservative. Um, he's, I would say, uh, quite a liberal dad. So he was like, you know what? My girl, go for it. You know, you're your dad's girl. I, I think you should go out there and, and achieve your dreams and be a sports reporter, be a football journalist, um, like be the change that you want to see. Because I always used to say, Dad, I don't see any like, I don't see any people who look like me also, like, you know, on TV or presenting sports who, who look like me or, or who may have my weirdness or quirkiness. And he's like, you know what? I mean, then then you go, go out there and, and, and be the change you want to see. Like, go and get your, like, I mean, graduate from uni, go and get your journalism degree, whatever. But at the end of the day, make sure that you do the work needed to get to where you, you need to be. But also, just to add on as well, that my friends have been very important, especially my best friend. She's been with me for like, I think I've known her since secondary school and she's seen me grow from like, literally a, like a nobody, a kid who was just talking about football, like screaming every time after class about some World Cup game. And she saw me like develop into a football journalist and then a sports agent and then now like with my company and everything. So I think she was very important as well, but um, because she's always there, like even when I go have events and I'm hosting like, a big show or something like that or and there's a you know like a, a big client like Manchester United or PSG or whoever like any of these big European teams that I work with and it's basically I would call it major events in my life she's always there because I think I think Oprah had this uh, Oprah Winfrey had this thing right it said like um, if they don't write with you in the bus then they don't deserve to write with you in the limo so I think she's a definition of that so she as well as my parents and my friends as well the community that follow me on Instagram and like they support me all the time and also like you know are part of my weekly show i think these things are very important um about the backlash when i first started my career to be honest i got a lot of backlash um especially as a young sort of a pitch side reporter i made a lot of mistakes it was a live coverage my first ever one i i was not perfect of course and none of us are but i mean when i was doing that i i made a lot of mistakes so i think that was warranted i should have known better and so i learned to improve the backlash actually sort of i like, pushed me like if you are doing like uh, sports reporting, you don't ever read your Twitter because you're gonna get a lot of abuse mm -hmm. from very weird like male trolls. Just just um putting it out there, but that's what I got as well. And I but I learned. I think I I saw. I took the good out of it, and of course of course the bad I I just left it out. But I saw okay. I think maybe I speak a little bit too fast. Maybe I could change the way I ask questions or or my style. So I learned. Um, I I didn't learn from the backlash, but I think I took what some of the feedback and, and try to be stronger and, and build for me. I think as Sabrina also said, grit is very important and grit is really what will take you all the way because one day if, you, if you're going to look back at your career, you're like, you know, I should have done this. That's also regret. And for me, I think life is too short for regret. So just go and do it. Like I said, thanks to my parents. I'm here today because of them. If not, I'd probably be working a very miserable nine to five job, which I do not like. So they are actually the, give me the tools and also the motivation to become who I am today. So yeah. Thanks to them as well and my friend. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's. Uh, I think support system is extremely important. Um, especially if you you have big goals and, and you really like need to keep yourself focused and not distracted, uh, by some like you know naysayers as well. Mm -hmm. 
Sabrina? Um, about in regards to backlash, I don't think I face any. However, I think when early on the business, I do get a lot of doubters, right? Mm -hmm. uh, especially even before starting, I have people telling me like, no, you're not co-founder material. You know, you, you, are, you won't be able to do it, right? Um, but, and also like sometimes going meeting, especially for someone with no experience, very young looking, you know, they, they tend to not take you very seriously. Like you're here to like, you know, just, just to, to try to play that kind of thing, right? So that, therefore, I think, I seriously think like supporters are very, very key to like the success of the business. Like, I mean, for us personally, right? Uh, because you really need someone there to, to help you push you through whatever you're feeling at the moment right because especially with all the challenges that you are be that you are, you are facing it really does take a mental uh, a, uh, a mental uh, health to your uh, toll to your health right so then it with the supporters around you by support by surrounding yourself with those positive supporters it actually help you lift up and then take the next step forward Right. So I think it's very, very important because they are there to constantly push you, there to constantly bring the best out of you. So I think that's very, very important. Okay. Okay. Um, Sabrina, you mentioned uh, mental um, mental health or mental wellness, right? Um, yeah. This is the flaw. Okay. Because um, support system, I feel that it's part of the mental wellness because at, at the end of the day, we can't do it all by ourselves. Um, so um, Fahima, for yourself, right? You mentioned that you have a day job, right? How do you how do you juggle? How do you juggle between you know being a fashion model and plus your day job? Like how how does people call it side hustle, right? In that sense, so how do you do that? And then I'll move on to Ash later on and Sabrina. So how do you actually juggle that? You know, priorities, um, self care. How do you go about that? So um, for me, how do I juggle modeling and um? And my day job. So my day job is not very flexible. Uh, I do work a nine to five job uh, at a job that I really love, uh, and I do have clinics that I run, and uh, you know I I do have uh, patients that I have to see um, that have been scheduled to see me like months in advance. So um, I always tell myself that my day job is my priority. It is my um, it is it is always. Um, important that I am responsible in my day job. Um, the, the modeling stuff, I always work around my day job. Um, I always make sure that um, I block out the dates. Like if, if clients are able to tell me way in advance, then I'll take leave for it uh, if I'm interested enough in the project. And then I would make sure that my main hustle is covered and then I will work on my side hustle, which is my modeling gigs. Um, I, I schedule whatever I can schedule. And I also, um, as I become more established, I am more selective with the type of jobs that I would want to take on. Uh, used to be like, you know, I, I'm open to all sorts of jobs, but now I'm going to see whether or not it actually uh, suits my image. Uh, how will I benefit from it? Uh, and so you become a bit more selective and I think that's also a little bit better for your mental health. Um, whether or not the job is worth um, the, the the agony or like being stressed over. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Ash, um, you, I know you mentioned that you had Luigi Ma, right? Am I pronouncing right? 
Look yummy. <laughs> they are watching this now, by the way, my team. So, <laughs> Azura, you're going to kill you. No, just kidding. It's Lugia. Lugia me. I know it's it's like a Pokemon name and me at the end. So, Lugia me. <laughs> How do you juggle that both? Lugia. So, I mean, so, I, mean um, I, I guess I would say Grace. I mean, um, Sabrina, you might relate to this because you're running a startup now. So, uh, Lugia me is actually a startup as well. So, uh, as a startup founder, you basically have no life. Uh, just putting out there, you are working at twenty four hours a day, and and really like doing calls, you know, talking to your investors and talking to your partners, whoever. So, uh, the managing part is very important as well to me. But having come from like an industry of football where nobody there really has a life either, people are just either playing on the weekends or you've got games like, every single day, and you're scheduling like gym or whatever. And even the athletes that I work with, they have. You know they have a very structured life, so I've learned to schedule like fitness, um, all these things like um R and R, which I don't really do anyway, but more of like going to going to dream gym three times a week because like for example, running helps me a lot, like helps me think uh better. I get my mind clear when I'm running, so uh, I try and structure there like three times a week and sort of also have uh three things to do every day, three important things to do, like the top three. So I make sure that at least these are done every day, and I don't like put so much stress um on my team as well because we have a team that we are running uh we have a team and office in malaysia and here as well so i have to make sure that these two uh groups of people are happy as well and make sure that they are um, getting value out of of what they're doing for Lugiami. and i think that's the, also a little bit stressful because initially i used to only deal with a very small group of people like even my interns at footballita or even you know uh different like even clients that i have that i don't really see all the time as well but now i'm seeing these people every day so i'm learning actually this is a it's a learning experience for me uh but yeah i think i try and schedule fitness and and make sure that that is like prioritized as well and also just like fahima i'm not taking like any other job i mean not taking all jobs like hosting or opportunities or whatever because i have to make sure as well that um my time is 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 really spent on what's important because i think we all are coming uh, I'm coming out of this pandemic. I think we're realizing as well what is important in our life and what's not so important. So I think we are learning as well. I mean, personally, I'm I'm also learning to value other things as well. There, for example, if a job's not necessary or if I feel that the budget is not uh within like you know something that I want to work with, then I will just kindly say, yeah, perhaps I'm not the right fit for you guys. But yeah, I think the pandemic has sort of shown me that it's very important to prioritize what is um what can help you mentally as well and what can help you go further because if you invest a lot in like stuff like your mental health or like you know your fitness i mean for me even your diet i think you can go a lot further um you know and and achieve more more great things as well yeah yeah i can definitely relate to you ash like you said um <laughs> running a startup the first few years is the toughest part like no social life all you think about is work right um so i think I, I had a realization last year when I realized that my health was deteriorating. I mean, not deteriorating, but say like I had issues with my health. I, I lost I lost a lot of weight during the pandemic because I was just so focused on work. I started getting gastric and things like that, right? And that's when I realized like why I asked myself like why why am I working so hard when it's taking a toll on my body as well. So this is where I decided to make a change, right? Um, I'm also thankful that I have a team that constantly, you know, remind me of like, Sup, it's already 12 o'clock, it's time to eat. They will buy me lunch, buy me dinner, <laughs> right? Make sure that I eat, right? So, um, so that's where I decided that I have to make sure that my life is balanced because 
it's not easy. I mean, it's really tough to take, like, you know, to 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 make that realization that you know what, work is not my life anymore. There's more to life than work, right? So that's why I I took. I took a change. I made a change, right? Start start working out a lot more, you know, um, going for um, private training, things like that, you know, to help me stay a lot more fit. Because uh, I think that is very important because the company will always be there, but your body, there's only so much time you have to enjoy before you get a lot older where you start feeling aches and things like that, which we really need to start now before. I mean, prevention is a lot better than cure in that sense. So, yeah, so that's when I realized that, you know, I, I we really need to make, make sure that we balance health and work. Okay. I feel that... Add, oh, yeah. sorry. No, go for it. Yeah, I was just going to add that, uh, you know, um, how you guys say like about rest and relax and stuff. But actually for me, the modeling part is the relaxing bit. <laughs> I really enjoy like doing the modeling, especially when I was doing the Vogue thing. Like it was just like everyone holding umbrellas for me, like telling me how to like, bend and like uh, you know someone putting on shoes for me. But the modeling thing is the thing that I enjoy, and it's something that I actually do to de-stress and get creative because my day job is more clinical. Um, so. I I guess uh, I I don't know if this adds to anything, but yeah, like. Finding my side hustle to be more enjoyable for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I asked this, I feel that it's um, very important um, because of the share a bit, right? So I actually ran um, an FMB space for three years. It really ran me down because, you know, I had to be there like 24 7. I was also the one that's handling everything. So then um, along like I didn't have rest at all. And like what um, Sabrina, Ash, and um, Ash mentioned, right? So if you don't really take care of yourself, right? Then I realized that I was falling sick more often than usual. And so that's why it's important. And I, I probably, but at times, right? Can I just ask you ladies this? Do you actually feel guilty sometimes when you take a break, you know, as being leaders in your own way, right? That you take a break, like a day break, just to kind of like take care of yourself. But to be honest, sometimes I do feel feel guilty and I feel that that should should not be the the, the thing that we put the guilt on our, on us to not take care of ourselves just so that everything else runs properly so what what's your take on that and by the way um Fahima I agree I, I feel that there's like for you the modeling bit is something that you actually it's something relaxing for you and like for me it's like my rugby and my sport because I think without that right it can really drain you up without that you can it like there's, there's no element of releasing that stress in that sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's also very important. But going back to the question, do you actually sometimes feel guilty to take a break? You know, being leaders in your own, you know, in, in each and your own, you know, uh, uh, workspace. Okay, someone, it's, it's for everyone. Do you feel guilty? Let, let me go. Oh, definitely. <laughs> the guilt is definitely there, right? Uh, I mean, I, I would like to bring back to Fahima as, uh, Fahima as well. Is that You mentioned that, you know, uh, modeling is where you you feel relaxed at most, right? But that's where I feel relaxed uh, at work the most, you know? It's just that sometimes you're so just into it that you just totally forget there's other things around you that matters, right? So then that's where, I mean, that's why the first the first few years is where you've been just doing, doing, you know, you enjoy it so much that you, you did not care about anything else, but eventually your body will start to take a hit and start feeling all those things that you were not, taking care of uh, later yeah. on, right? So, I mean, that, that's, that's where. So, just to answer back your question, the guilt is definitely there, right? Um, 
uh, I usually, even on weekends, sometimes I'm like, oh, I have to check on this. I have to check on that. Even if I'm not there, I feel guilty. And then I have to like, you know, make my way down to go like, guys, are you guys okay? You know, I just, I need to be physically present there to make sure that everyone is taken care of, right? And thinking about myself is always the last priority. Uh, but I think after, after what happened, like during the pandemic where I lost so much weight and things like that, then I told myself that if I continue to be like that, right? And if I continue, if I were to fall seriously sick, for example, in the future, who's going to be taking care of my team, right? So that's, where mm -hmm. I, that's when I realized that, no, I have to take care of myself first in order for me to take care of the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sabrina, I echo exactly what you say. I'm working with a co-founder now as well. So um, we sort of structure our days in a way where in the morning we're doing calls and the afternoon we have a team meeting, stuff like that. So I always say, okay, I just need an hour to go running or whatever, right? Jen is his name. I'm sure he's watching this. My co my awesome co-founder. But we have days where, I mean, our days are structured like into three parts, right? So morning, afternoon and night. So to be honest with you, I'm still doing calls right until 12 a.m. or 1 a.m. And I always have this on me wherever I'm walking, like a lunatic, I know, because we don't know who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna call us. But that's that's the issue as well. I think I always try and tell him, okay, let's take it an hour at a time, right? So, okay, if you need an hour break or, or two hours break, go and get it, go and get your do what you have to do is necessary, which is necessary. Because we always tend to skip our meals sometimes as well, just because we have to do like something important, but I only, I honestly think that nothing is more important than your health. And if without your health, you won't be able to really do what you want to do. Like I said, achieve your goals. So I think I used to feel guilty, to be honest, Azura. Like honestly, even now, right, right now, my team is packing stuff uh, in in KL. Actually, all the stuff that we're going to give to our like our partners, and I'm not there. Obviously, we can't be there. I can't be present. Um, but I feel guilty right now because I can't be there to help them. But at the end of the day, I know that I'm. I mean, I'm trying to do it in such a way that I'm doing my part here and. Together, I think as a team, especially, we need to make sure that each and every one of us um, are well taken care of in that sense. So I try and make sure as well, tell them, guys, you know, it's really late. Let's continue this tomorrow. I mean, if it's not important, like I said, according to the list, if it's not like top three priority, then we can always do it tomorrow. I think it's really not worth it to push everything and stress yourself out because, again, I know it's going to sound like I'm going to sound like a grandma now, but life is short. So like there are some things that are really more important than like your health. So focus on that. And honestly, I just came back from sickness as well. I just recovered like a week ago. I was really sick. I couldn't even move. So th those five days, I was the most useless I could ever be. And my team was just like, my WhatsApp chat group was like, you know, going crazy. And I just felt guilty because I couldn't do anything because my health was so bad. Like I couldn't even get up. So that's why I thought about it. You know what? I need to make some lifestyle changes. I need to change my diet. Don't eat so much fried food or not so much bubble tea. I know, but stuff that I can't, I should, I should like focus more on, on like health as well. So yeah, I think having come back from sickness even more now, I'm, I'm realizing that uh, my team can't do it if, if I'm going to be like bedridden for five days. So I think some small changes are important. Like Sabrina said, like really making sure that you look after yourself, especially if you're leading a very like, like a team that really is relying on you. So, yep. Fahima? I'm, I'm going to agree with whatever Ash and uh, Sabrina has said. I think it's so important to take care of yourself. Whether I feel guilty about leaving, um, leaving, uh, taking time for myself off modeling, uh, of course not. Like, nobody's going to miss me if I'm not going to model or anything <laughs> like that. You know, the industry moves on without you. And, you know, um, there are so many models. Um, but I do feel guilty in my day job if I uh, feel like I, I've taken leave and then I see like the WhatsApp chats and like the team is down and they are like working really hard. But I 
remember that at the end of the day, I am entitled to take some leave and I do need to um, take care of myself in order to feel re uh, recharged, uh, you know, in order not to feel burnt out. It's so um, easy to burn out. And um, in order for me to enjoy what I, to continue to enjoy what I do, I do need to take breaks and I do need to take um, to take time for myself to do the things that I enjoy doing. Yeah.